Hello! And welcome to episode 89 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. That was the beginning of like the Halloween edition. It, it was? Yeah, it sounds scary. I guess it could have gone like ghosty, yeah. And uh, that's Pete the Mayor joining me today, because I'm Stuart Butler. I didn't introduce myself, but Pete's over there. Hey, everybody. Hey, Pete. Yes. Teaser for the end. I heard there's a bee update. There is a big bee update. All right, so stay tuned. You might hear all about the bees. And uh, I'm also joined with Melissa Kavanaugh. And fair warning to everyone listening, Melissa got barely any sleep last night, and she has been drinking caffeine since about... What, I don't know, 9 a.m. yesterday constantly? 9 p.m. yesterday. Uh, 9 p.m. Yes. But you, didn't you drink some during the day yesterday as well? Uh, no. Okay. You Just last night. You don't drink coffee in the mornings, most mornings? Not since this stupid, crazy diet. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you did. You did have your final weigh-in today for your or your measurement of body I fat index. I did. And did you make it? I made it. Woohoo! Awesome. You saved 500 whole dollars. I that see. That was your wager. That was it. I put my money where literally where my mouth is. Well, and not food. Yeah. And so it was money in lieu of food. Yes. That's good. Well, congratulations. Thank and, you. And if you start acting weird today, we'll know it's the caffeine. Yes, definitely the caffeine. Awesome. And uh, today's topic, this is, uh, we're going to be focusing on a blog post that Pete wrote. Uh, it was about what is broken in your hotel marketing and how to fix it. That's right. Because we're nice like that. We don't just talk about what you wrecked, but we also talk about how you can, how fix, you can it. fix it because we're we're nice kind of folks like that we like tangible things from our podcast and the thing that you're going to find out is these are things that you don't even know are broken that right now in your marketing are not working the way they're supposed to are you guaranteed i'm guaranteeing it at least <laughs> at least one of these items will be broken in your marketing i have no doubt about that if you happen to have everything working properly you get to receive some honey you're gonna, how are you going to verify? Because like, all these people that are clamoring for your honey, they're going to email in and say, hey, oh, everything was everything was working fine. Honest. You know, People do not want honey of shame. They're, uh, they're going to be, want to have that would honest be, honey. That would be an asterisk of that along would. with that honey for sure. That would. But before we get into that, oh, Pete, before we get into the newsies, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so you, you have a prestigious award, I, I hear. I do. I am... Hey, Melissa, you know about this? I do not know about this. So, anyway, uh, two days ago, on the 6th, I got a tweet from Injovia that I am one of the top 30 hotel tech Twitter profiles you should be following. Wow. So, I'm not just a celebrity Twitter profile. I'm also an international celebrity Twitter profile. Because they have a, what looks like a uh, UK phone number. Well, how about that? Congratulations well, would, are in order. I bet it was the B tweets. It probably was the B tweets. I would imagine. Well, congrats. So, yeah, so. That is prestigious. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, I'm going to have to update a lot of information now. Keep on tweeting. You have yeah. to update your resume now. Yep. But anyway, thank you very much, Injovia. I appreciate that. that was, yeah, shout out, Injovia. That's really cool. Congrats. All right, so let's jump into um, Pete's favorite topic. The newsicles, the newsies, the... The news, news items. Hey, I got a new one. The newsaroos. <laughs> the newsaroos is better than anything that you've come up with so far. <laughs> what do you think, Melissa? Is it we stick on newsies or going to newsaroos? I kind of like newsaroos. Huh? The newsaroos. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> Next up on the newsaroos. <laughs> is the, is, this is from Search Engine Land. It's Google Post adds products and offers. And if people are not using Google Post yet, you absolutely need to make that part of your your marketing, your search optimization. This is kind of one of those gray areas. I'm not really sure what discipline this would fall under. But basically what it allows you to do is with your, within your Google local listing, you're able to create an offer that has an image, a link, has a, can have a call to action, a coupon, whatever it might be. And now they're adding specific products to that listing. We've seen it throughout the market of you know people having a lot of great success with it. I've not seen many hotels take full advantage of it just yet. And that's because they haven't listened to this podcast. Well, and they need to. This they, is yes. something that you know, it's 
literally free exposure. You, know, you do not have to be you know, in a PPC campaign. This is just part of your Google local listing. And it's free. And clicks do not cost anything. Yeah, so. you remember when Google was all free and everyone started complaining because they had to start paying for traffic? And same's happening with social mm -hmm. media now. With Facebook, it was free for organic reach, and now you have to pay to reach anyone. Well, this is one of those nuggets that is still free for now, yeah. you know? For now, I think that's a but big you've got to take point. advantage of it. But I think we're going to do a full episode. Jeremy is working on the notes for it on, on Google My Business in general and just how to optimize and take advantage of all the things. But this really relates to the topic today because it's one of those things, like a lot of things in marketing, it's set it and forget it, right? You go mm -hmm. in and you update your name and address and phone number in Google My Business. You claim your listing and, and then that's it right you, yeah. don't, you don't even think about it again but guess what people are leaving reviews that you can respond to you can now do these posts which are great you can you should always be updating things like you know check in check out times if that changes throughout the year or doing offers you should be updating your photos there's a lot of stuff you can do in there so it should be an ongoing optimization and in, in just part of your overall marketing strategy like Pete said yep. like the award-winning Pete said that's right I'll tweet it and then you know it's official yeah, that's true. Because it's not official until it comes from Pete. That's right. He is top 30. Yeah. <laughs> right, what I else got nothing is, else to say. What but yeah, that's, the, that's my newsaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. It, I don't. I kind of want to do a Scooby-Doo impression, but I don't think I can. Like, no. You know? Come on. All right. Mm, mm. Not going to happen. No. All right. Well, I Melissa, could probably do a Scrappy-Doo. I'm not going to. All right, go ahead. <laughs> My newsaroo comes from TechCrunch, and it is that Airbnb has quietly launched its own stories for users to build video montages of their travel. And the takeaway from this is basically that I think that they've stolen Flip 2's idea. I'm just going to say it. And they're allowing in both the app and just the regular website, they're allowing user-generated content to be uploaded into the various Airbnb profiles. It is only in beta as of the printing of this newsaroo. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but I think it's pretty smart on Airbnb's uh, part to get this up there. I think it's gonna help the uh, user make some decisions on where to stay, and I think it's pretty smart. I mean, it's the it's the peer to peer yep. review and comments. It makes and Airbnb is already known for being authentic. You know, you're staying with other people. This makes so much sense for them to do this, and I think it could be a big hit. Yeah, especially as Airbnb is all about unique experiences. You know, and what better way to convey something unique and 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 get the emotion of the experience than through a story? You know, and especially when you're combining photos and written content from real like you said, Pete, authentic people that maybe are similar to you, have similar interests, are traveling for similar reasons to you. It's really, really compelling. Now, you know, we we obviously um, keep an eye on Airbnb. We're not advocates for it per se because it, it's kind of counter to what we're in business for. We're trying to drive direct bookings for our hotel clients. But it's something to pay attention to. But it's also something you as a hotelier can take advantage of today. You know, there are pro programs out there like flip to that aren't expensive you know for a few hundred bucks a, a month you can have this capability out of the gate that embeds in your booking engine that collects these these stories from your consumers who become your advocates and uh it just it creates a lot of reach and, and not only is it going to help you um you know in terms of conversion rate on your on your website when anyone comes but it's also going to help you find your next best customer which happens to look a lot like your existing customer that's who they're communicating with on social media so that it's it's a no-brainer so definitely this whole concept of advocacy turning your guest into an advocate we've talked about it a lot on this show we've had flip to on the show talking about telling stories and how that impacts marketing i think um we probably need to get them on again to talk mm -hmm. about you know the evolution it's been a while since we've had them on so yeah this is, this is neat i mean airbnb is so smart and they're so agile they, they move so much faster than the otas you know these big behemoths that are just stuck in legacy infrastructure airbnb is going to kick their butts and if we're not careful as a hotel industry they're going to kick our butts so we've got to be just as agile just as scrappy those are some good news <laughs> <laughs> 
I like it. That's like real chipper. I think Newsies was, I don't know. It's kind of cute, but it wasn't as chipper as Newsies. Newsies yeah. is definitely, and it sounds like a snack. All right. You know, like it Dunkaroos. Does. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that's going to be, you know, when we, when the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast takes over the world. Yeah. And it becomes like a phenomena, kind of like, you know, Star Wars is now. And there's like quiz quizzes. People are going to be doing like pub trivia oh, and stuff yes. about the Fuel Hotel Mar- Marketing Podcast. You guys remember that episode 89 was the first occurrence of Newsaroos. Yeah. That's when it shifted from Newsies to Newsaroos. That's going to be a question. It has to be, right? Yeah. It, it will definitely be a question. I cannot wait to go to Trivia Night for the yeah. Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Yeah. that They should do that. A fuel-themed. Fuel In which episode did Pete first mention bees? Maybe you could do that at High Tech. Yeah, maybe huh? so. Maybe Ooh. so. Maybe so. I don't think anyone would care, unfortunately. Other than us, maybe we should do it in our office. Our own. That would be fun. All right, so let's get back to business. Yes. Let's talk about what's broke, other than this ad jokes on this podcast. Uh, so we got what ten? Yes, we have ten items that are definitely broken with your hotel market. One hundred percent guaranteed 100%. by Peter Mayo, or yes. else he'll give you honey. Yeah. And here's why I say that: we've worked with. A lot of clients over the years and these are the items that inevitably as we're reviewing a client website or their marketing systems overall these are the things that over time and time again are broken a lot of times it may not be a big deal that it's broken from a conversion perspective but every little thing you could do to make your system work better is the better chance you have of converting guests or visitors into guests yeah i mean and thinking about it on the flip side of that yes you want to have a better chance of converting everyone but if one guest runs into a dead end or an error message or that one guest you're probably not going to get them mm-hmm. you know so think we we always talk about marketing as as in conversion rates and aggregate numbers and things like that but we really should be thinking about marketing at a one-to-one level each person is an individual who's going to come and stay at your hotel you want to market mm-hmm. to each individual person and you know, yep. and if, if you don't want to see dis- an error, it's, you're screwed. Right. Well, and think of it this way. You don't want to disappoint a guest on property. You don't want to necessarily disappoint a guest while he's deciding if he wants to stay at your property because that does not bode well for that, mm-hmm. that stay. So anyway, so here's what we have. We have 10 items, and we're going to start at number one and go from there. You don't want to start at number 10. I, I could do a little Pulp Fiction thing, and I start like at eight. Yeah, <laughs> jump go around. through, and then jump back to one. So. Yeah. Then let's I would st- be very confused. Let's just start at one, <laughs> okay. one, one, So one, the very one. first thing that we see broken in so many hotel marketing programs is email collection systems. What I mean by this is the means by which someone may sign up on a first visit pop-up. That data is then fed into your email database and recorded as a conversion in your analytics. So many times, something breaks along the way. More often than not, it is the feed between the website and the email collection or email delivery system, be it you know, exact target, be it constant contact, whatever it might be. Yeah, this is one, I think any time you're involving multiple technologies, right? There's communication, usually some kind of API, some kind of push of data from one system to another there's a risk because something can change on one side that doesn't change on the other. So let's take it to a simplest example, right? You're using a WordPress website. You created a form within the back end of WordPress using whatever plugin you use for forms. And you connected that to say MailChimp, right? Real common. And you had fields set up in MailChimp to match the form fields on the front end of the website. Well, now you say to your developer, hey, I want to add a new field to the front end of my website. But guess what? That developer doesn't know the login to, G- mm-hmm. to, to MailChimp. So they add the field to the front end, but it never gets added to MailChimp. So, so even though data might be passing, not all the correct data right. might be passing. You know? And or that's it could why be passing to the wrong <laughs> list. If you have multiple lists, it could that's be true. going into the wrong list. It's yeah, that's another one that happens a lot where, yes. where someone's creating a new campaign and mm-hmm. they want to segment the data into a different list and they just copy and paste a form or something like that and they don't update the reference, things like that. So, mm-hmm. so how, how would one go about fixing this, Pete? All right, so the way to fix this is... 
honestly pretty simple. You have to first find out if it's broken or not. And to do that, sign up for your email and follow your, that the email address that you use through the entire process all the way and including the receiving a monthly newsletter. So you want to make sure that if you use test at test or something.com that that email address is stored locally within the website is fed over to your, you know, if it's MailChimp, MailChimp. And when the next newsletter goes out, that test at tester.com also gets the newsletter. And that's the important part because so often, like you said, you see it may get fed over, but it may not go into the true newsletter list or it may not go into the list that you would typically send to. Yeah. So it's, it's important to just follow it through 360 degrees and make sure you know, it gets in and gets delivered. Yeah, and this is even more important now with GDPR, right? But So technically, everyone's already listened to the GDPR episode we did several weeks ago, and they've already updated their system. So everyone that's signing up on your website is checking the appropriate boxes to say what they're signing up for, right? So if you have a newsletter, if you have whatever the different lists you have, they're explicitly telling you which ones they want. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make sure they're going to the right place. Not not just because it's inconvenient, but because it's going to get you in hot water mm -hmm. from the the European Union regulations. So you, you have to... Hey, Melissa, you always need to be testing. Always be testing. I haven't said that in a while. You haven't. You're slacking. Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, that is the, the first thing that you need to test. If it's broken, fix it. Yeah. If it's not, then we move right on the hotel marketing myth number two. Well, hold on. Before we do that, okay. I do want to say this part. So if... if you know, email best practices, which you've done episodes on this before. One of the things I'm really adamant about is sending a welcome email, like setting expectations by sending an automatic triggered message as soon as someone signs up, telling them what they're going to receive, why they're going to receive it. Maybe, you know, just dating them a little bit, whining, dining them a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, so when you're testing, my recommendation, rather than using a tester, dot, tester at mm -hmm. tester.com or whatever, is to actually set up in the email address that you receive. So you can see not just that the data is going into the database, the back end of the website and MailChimp, but also that you're receiving that triggered message mm -hmm. as well and that it looks good and yeah. makes sense. But I wouldn't do that just yet. I would wait till hotel marketing miss number eight to do that. And there's a few <laughs> other things that we want to do first. Right. You're jumping ahead. Didn't you say we were going to Pulp Fiction it? Oh, that's true. We are. <laughs> All right, number two. All right, number two hotel marketing myth is that your mobile site is no longer mobile friendly. I know we've beaten this horse a number of times, but really we need to beat it a little more because yep. not everybody listens. Yeah, Peter's getting mad at us for beating so many horses. Not you, Pete, but yeah. like the organization. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Yes, that's what I said. Peter. Okay, yeah, they're, they're upset at us. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've no longer listened to the podcast because of that. That's right. They're not going to be coming to, to Pub Trivia Night, <laughs> Fuel Hotel Marketing Edition. Anywho, mm. yeah, so your mobile site, it, 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 really, pop-ups, no. Say no to pop-ups. Google frowns very highly upon them. Make sure that when your mobile site loads, it does not have pop-ups. Look at your navigation. If you've got drop-down navigation and things like that, that could be overlapping buttons and just, you really need to, and I cannot emphasize this enough, pick up the darn phone and look at it on your phone. I don't mean make your browser smaller so that it looks like mm -hmm. a mobile size screen. Actually pick up your phone and navigate your website on your phone because it is not the same as looking at it on a smaller version of your browser when yeah. you actually have to use your fingers to click on things. Yeah, and if you're having to pinch to zoom in and out, then you, you're doing it yep. wrong. It should be flawless without that. Mm -hmm. with, with all of these items on the list, they worked in the past. So previously, you probably checked your site on a mobile device and it looked great and there was nothing wrong. The problem is you add a new system and then you don't go back and recheck everything. Right. You add a plugin, you add content to a page, you put a table of like menu items or right. something on a, on a page and you look at it on your desktop because that's where you're administering the website, mm -hmm. but you don't take the time to pick up your mobile phone and actually look at it. Yep. And here's an example of one that we just found very recently is I believe it is Safari on an iPhone. If you have an autoplay video, it does not show it at all. 
So we had a property who had a first, uh, the main promo panel had a video playing in the background, but the way it was coded, it was just showing up as a black box because they were disabling the autoplay feature that made that promo work. Hmm. It was an easy fix, but if you don't go through and test it, you don't know. You don't know that it's now broken. <clears throat> Always be testing. ABT. We, so. we could probably say that for every one. I think at the end of each number, you just go ahead and ABT. say ABT. Yep. Okay. All right. So this is Hotel Marketing Myth number three. Three, three, or three, three. ABT three, which is outdated confirmation pages. And this is one that kind of drives me nuts because we rarely look at our own confirmation pages. You know, we are so focused on getting the customer that we forget what happens after we've gotten the customer and the message that they receive. So often what you see is the person gets to the confirmation page and you may have information about an event that is a year old. It's no longer valid. You may have information about the property, about your newly renovated rooms that happened two years ago. So go through and look at your confirmation page and make sure everything on it is not only accurate, but is set up to be the best possible tool to get that visitor or that guest at this point to convert to another transaction, be it a room upgrade, be it a longer stay, additional services, whatever it might be. So the solution is really making sure that you audit all those confirmation pages. Yeah, so if you go back all the way, Pub Trivia again, to episode 26 Ooh, of the podcast, converting after the conversion, we talked about this ad nauseum about the importance of you know each at the end of each funnel is the beginning of a new funnel and, and mm -hmm. in the in the case of um the confirmation page they booked they made a decision you've got to reassure them they made the right decision there's no buyer's remorse and you got to start them anticipating and getting excited about the upcoming stay so mm -hmm. um, not just making sure it's broken but really auditing it from a messaging standpoint in a you know a persuasion standpoint and all the other marketing things that we we're focused on I would say you probably need to do this at least once a month. Always be testing. Yep. Have something on your calendar that says make a test booking. Yeah. I mean, for multiple reasons, right? One, one of which is going to come up in a minute with, with the data stuff. But, you know, just making sure your API, the, the API mm -hmm. between the booking engine and the PMS is working, making sure that it's a good guest experience. You always yeah. want to know and never be blindsided. And you'll see this throughout. It's, it's kind of the theme. You want to see what the guest is going to see. Always, mm -hmm. you know, because the guest is, is way more important than, than, than you are. And you're testing in your little bubble, in your own little mindset of I'm operating a hotel, not I'm coming to stay at the hotel. So always look at it from the perspective of the consumer every step in, along the way. ABS, WGIS. Always be seeing what the guest is seeing. <laughs> we don't want to use that one. <laughs> How would you pronounce that? We see Badibo. What is it? We be Sadibo. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so no one outside of the U.S. has a clue what that means. No. Um, uh, ABT? ABT. Yep. All right. Four, All right. Four, 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 four. Number four. I really enjoy this one. I enjoy this in Pete's blog because it's very visual and you just go look at it. Um, old photos still hanging around your website. We've said this before about setting a specific photography budget every year to just freshen up, get the best room pictures, get the best accommodations pictures, and make sure that you don't have some 1955 photos hanging out on your website. Who likes short shorts? <laughs> I like short shorts. <laughs> We've got some clients that still f refuse to update they their do. photography and they're wearing... Mm -hmm. Those shorty short shorts and they got eighties mullets hair. and yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And, and obviously it's a big problem and we've had entire episodes on photography. But I think in this case it's you've done a photo shoot, you've paid for the photography, and you updated it, say, on a main promo panel or in your accommodation sense system. But there's all kinds of places that you have not yet updated the photo. And this is really what drives me nuts is when you know, we talked about in the newsaroo about uh, your Google local <laughs> listing. Your Google local listing has photos. If the old photos are on there, you need to go fix those also. It's not just your website that may have the old photos on it. Yeah. 
the entire internet. <clears throat> yeah. There's um there's a product called Ice Portal out there. I've been speaking to those guys recently, and um, they have a pretty neat product. It, it basically disseminates your photos throughout the internet. So mm-hmm. you put them in one place, and then they they publish them to all the OTAs, all the individual local profiles, and things like that. So mm-hmm. you know if you don't have software like that, it's very very manual. Still worth the time, but you might want to also look at getting some kind of software like Ice mm-hmm. Portal. And, you know, if you talk to your SEO team, a lot of times they're going to have software systems that monitor your NAP or your name address place. They'll also be able to have a, a great tool to find out where those photos might be. Phone number. The piece phone number. What did I say? Name address place. Oh, it's name address phone number. Yeah. I was taking a nap when I wrote that. No. But on boom. Anyway, ABT. That was a jokeroo. <laughs> You guys ready for number five? Number five. five, five no, five, I'm not. Five. Okay. <clears throat> Melissa. ABT. There we go. Now uh, I'm ready. Okay. Now I'm ready. All right. You can't manage your domain. And th- this is one that I think more hotels than want to admit are missing. Okay. Seems to be the case. We run into this a lot. Yeah. So yeah, when we're taking over a new site and we have that conversation and, you know, we've started having that conversation way ahead of switching over the website because... We've learned the hard way that waiting till the week of launch is, is, is a bad problematic. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, you know, we're all in the web world and we have access to all of our domains. We know where our DNS is managed and we know what payment methods are set up. But if you bought a domain and you set up your hosting four years ago, and it may not even have been you, it could have been someone who worked with you. Yeah, your IT guy is no longer there. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you realize that your site won't pull up because your hosting expired. And you don't know how to log in to fix the issue. Yeah, I mean, it could be your hosting, it could be the domain itself expired, it could be the, the DNS server change. There's a lot of things yeah. that can go wrong if you don't have that well documented and you don't audit mm-hmm. it often. Yeah. And, and we've seen this happen several times where a client site may go down, and if they don't know how to access it, it is not a fast process. If you try to, if you go to GoDaddy or Network Solutions or anybody and say, I don't remember my password or what my username was, it takes days to get access. Because a lot of times, if you don't have the contact information, they're going to expect you to give them, you know, specific physical documentation that you are the rightful owner of the right. domain. Yeah, they force you to fax stuff. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's fax it from the number we have on file yeah that's great. which which is a nightmare so the solution to that is at least once a year go in make sure that you have access to every aspect of your domain every aspect of your hosting and while you're in there just check to make sure that you have your domain set to auto renew make sure that your payment method on file is still valid, valid. yeah because that's the other one that people get is, yeah. oh i said it and forget it i'm not gonna have to worry about it anymore right up until it doesn't work anymore yeah, and I would say with the domain registration in general, I think there's there's pretty compelling evidence that the longer you have a domain registered, not just how long ago you registered it, you know, how old the domain is, but how long it's registered for can be a positive sig- signal to, mm-hmm. to the search engine. So having it registered for 10 years at a time is a good idea, but just don't, you know, there's a good chance you might not be working at the same place in 10 years' time. So you've got to make sure you're auditing it regularly and documenting it. So whoever your successor is, can go in there and make the changes they need to because your credit card probably isn't lasting 10 years exactly mm-hmm. all right number six. No. Oh, oh i don't know if you can test this we, always be we, checking the previous one but you can test the domain is working i guess <laughs> go to your website just, uh, just do abc always be checking there you yeah. go abc all right all right number no, six. Six, 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 six i'm so glad this one is mine and this is completely coincidental but Marketing miss number six is broken tracking. All the broken tracking. That never happens. It, I've never seen broken tracking. Not even this week have I seen broken tracking. <laughs> <laughs> it never happens. Never. I've never seen it in my 12 years of being at Fuel. Nope, never happens. Yeah, be on the lookout for all the broken things because something's going to break, whether it's a form that's not tracking, whether your whole website's not tracking, your booking engine's not tracking all the things that aren't tracking yeah so as a rule when any change is made to your website check it when any change is made to your booking engine check it 
when anything is not changed on your virtual engine or website. Just keep testing. And Just testing. always, seriously, yeah. always be testing <laughs> for real. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I'm a big fan of automation where it makes sense. And I think there are tools out there that you can set thresholds and, and get emailed alerts when, when certain things happen. But at the end of the day, there's no replacement for good old fashioned eyeballing, right? Going in, logging in at least minimum once a week and taking yes. a look at your data to make sure nothing looks wonky. And and look for those trends. You'll see pretty quickly if something has flatlined that was not flatlined before. Yeah. Or, or in the opposite direction, something's gone completely cuckoo and is right. you know sending thousands of email submissions that can't possibly be on yeah. a given day. So I mean, as a rule, fi figure out you know 10, 15 KPIs that are usually within a certain threshold. Things like you know bounce rates and 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 user sessions and conversion rates and revenue especially especially things like that and you know take a look eyeball it once a week and say these are all within normal parent normal operating parameters and if not figure out why mm -hmm. you know it, it could be not tracking related which is still a good thing that you discovered it but right. a lot of times someone made a change in broke something especially as you know almost all the, the tracking systems that people use today are javascript based and almost everything you add to your website that's third-party related is JavaScript-based. I mean, we've had situations where, you know, I'm not going to name names, but the reputable third-party tools that we've installed on our clients' websites yes. that have already been out in the wild for years on thousands of hotel websites. Then we've discovered and let that provider know, hey, did you know you're overriding this piece of data in Google Analytics? You know, that's that's happened to us. So you've got to really, really be taking, um, paying attention to it and making sure that the data is telling the true story because the other, the other concern is certain vendors that are less reputable <laughs> will deliberately manipulate the data and overwrite things like your campaign IDs or, or source of traffic or stuff like sure. that to claim for themselves that they, you know, or claim that their product is the one that's driving the revenue. Right. So not just, yeah, not just broken, but also accurate. Yes. When there's actually, if, if you listen to episode 67, there's a whole list of common marketing or analytics mistakes. That was a Melissa one. Yeah, Melissa. Good job. Thanks. So listen to that one as well. Hey, this was rule number six and it's podcast number. Well, there were six and there's a six in the episode number. There's a lot of sixes. Yeah. That's three sixes. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry. I'm not superstitious. It's ABT. the caffeine. <laughs> See, I, I, keep, I keep thinking you about... Turn into a Satanist when yeah. you're on caffeine? Is that what you're saying? I, I possibly. Well, I always okay. think of Jim Carrey in... Uh, what's that show? That movie? Uh, yes Man. Where oh, he had to say yes to everything, yes. and then he just yes. ended up going on the run and just drinking a ton of Red Bull. Yeah. I've not seen that movie. It sounds like a Jim Carrey movie. Though. It's, it's a good movie. It's worth a watch. Mm -hmm. so. But you know what else is worth... A watch number seven. Seven, number seven. seven, checking to see if you have a sad 404 page. I love this example. So, well, this is I, I this is the I told Stuart I had I a, like how you worded it. A sad 404 page. Yeah. Well, well, think about it. If you are a hotel customer, you go to the website and you're expecting to find some great information that's going to sell you on staying at that property, and all you get is just this page not found. Right. That is not good enough. You're supposed to be in the hospitality business and you want to be hospitable and walk the guests through solving their problem. If the page does not exist anymore, that happens sometimes. But what you want to do is lead the guest down a conversion path to the information that they actually do need. Yeah, don't leave them to a dead end where they can't do anything. Right. Yep. So you kind of, one of the examples I have here is it's on a golf website and it says 404 ball not found. I have a, a joke in there and here's your joke, Stuart. What's the difference between a bad golfer and a bad skydiver? I don't know. A bad skydiver goes, dang, whack. A bad golfer goes, whack, dang. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a bad joke. Well, so anyway, I like it. It has yeah. onomatopoeias. Yeah. So the rest of the, the 404 page says, like this horrible joke, you're going to be disappointed that the page you're looking for is no longer available. <laughs> Click here for more is bad jokes. This is one of your clients. Yeah. And you wrote that joke? Yeah. I didn't write the joke. They had that joke on their golf jokes page. Uh, okay. So you so. took it and put it on their 404. So I put it on their 404 nice. page. It says, if all you want is horrible golf jokes, click here. If not, you, here's a listing of all the pages on the site. Yeah. 
hopefully people don't see this page, but if they do, at least we're making them smile a little bit and then getting to, to where they need yeah, to be. Yeah, having a custom 404 is important. I mean, 404s are a legitimate um, piece of the internet, right? I mean, I think some people over focus on if they're looking in their um, Google search console, oh, I've got 404s, I've got to eliminate them and redirect everything. But sometimes a page is just, it's gone away. You don't need it anymore. And, and it should be a 404 because of those people that have it bookmarked or mm -hmm. it's still linked from somewhere or whatever. So I think a 404 is the right thing and making it interesting. And like I said, driving people in a direction, a forward mm -hmm. direction down a funnel, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And if you want to see the best 404 page, hands down of all time, go to the podcast notes or, the, or this blog post and click on the link for visitsteve.com and just put in some random thing at the end of visitsteve.com. And it's this artist who basically has a video on their 404 page, and he just kind of talks to you like you accidentally walked into a room that you're not supposed to be in. And it's incredibly awkward. It goes on for like three or four minutes of him <laughs> just saying, hey. I watched the whole thing. How so, are you doing? so go to visitsteve.com slash blah, 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 blah. Yep. Just type in junk, and you'll yep. get to it. That's neat. So it's one of the best 404 pages ever. You know, whoa. Backtrack. The, I'm sorry, it is the best. Yeah, you, you can't. Yeah, you can't <clears throat> track back on something when you make a definitive statement. That, like actually, that. that is a definitive statement. I say that's the best 404 page ever. Do so you challenge our audience to find a better one and send I it to us? I challenge you. After you've done finding these marketing mistakes, look. Yeah, for go it. fix your marketing mistakes first, and then go look at funny yep. 404 pages, and then email us good ones to info at fueltravel.com or tweet them to me. Yeah, tweet or them to one of the number top 30 influences in the in the world <laughs> at pete de mayo bum, bum, bum. all right always be testing always be testing abt all right number eight is broken and outdated guest email so as pete alluded to earlier this well, sort of alluded to it and you I said didn't really hold on to it i kind of just actually said it. i jumped the shark a little bit yeah so this relates back to rule number one in that sometimes your database is bad. It's just bad and it needs to be fixed where you have old and outdated emails that you either shouldn't be sending to anymore or whatever the case might be. You've got incorrect sending rules, triggers, et cetera, et cetera. Just you need to test that stuff. You need to look at that database. It needs to be scrubbed on a regular basis and all the triggered emails need to be tested to make sure the triggers are set up and that they're firing correctly when they're supposed to be firing etc yeah i mean and hopefully everyone listening to this has a lot of triggered email set up right because I hope they're so. really important things like pre-arrival well obviously you got confirmation emails that may be being handled by your pms or your booking engine but hopefully you've also got pre-arrival messages multiple if they're staying a lot you know they book a long way out you've got Maybe during stay messages, you got post stay messages, you got welcome emails, you got shopping cart abandonment emails, you've got maybe anniversary emails, birthday emails. It's, there's a lot of things you can do through email automation that is effective, non intrusive, valuable to the guest that they actually look forward to. Hopefully, they've opted into all of these things because of GDPR, but there's a lot can go wrong there. Because again, yeah. you're dealing with multiple systems. I'll give you an example that I've seen firsthand on the confirmation email. Sometimes that goes out and it doesn't include all the taxes and fees. Humbug. Yeah. That so can be a big problem. That can be a big problem. Because they get that confirmation email and they get their charge on their credit card and the two don't match up and that's a problem. Yeah, we've had that. You know, you know, we, we had the booking engine software and we have an email solution and we're relying on the PMS to provide a lot of that data and sometimes the methods that we use return different information. You know, the, the PMS just, it's a glitch in the system. Yeah. So we've definitely had that where the booking engine shows one, whatever deposit tax total, right. whatever it is. And then the, the confirmation and guess what happens? That consumer picks up the phone and calls or gets nervous and cancels. Mm -hmm, I mean, right. it's not a positive experience regardless of what happens next. And then at any time that happens, the hotel is going to typically have to go with that lower rate. You know, a lot of times you're not going to, you know, fight a guest when you told them one rate and it ends up being a different one. Mm -hmm. So that is one of those things that actually cost real money when that mistake is getting made. Yeah, don't do it. So go check all your emails. So that's, again, going back to what we talked about earlier. When you're, when you're doing these tests, when you're doing a test booking, when you're doing a test um, sign up, 
use a real email address because that's the only way you're really going to see what the consumer sees. Because even if you go into your system and look at the template, you know, and you can maybe even populate it with, with real data, it's not the same as actually receiving it in your inbox and seeing what, how it renders. And, and it also ties into the mobile one that we did earlier. You know, does, does the email look good, not just on, the, you know, a desktop Outlook client, but is it looking good in right. your mail client on your phone as well? Hey, and make sure it actually gets to your inbox and not stuck in your spam. Yeah, run it through, yeah, run it through spam checkers and things like that and make sure that it, it has a, you know, it's a high likelihood of getting through. Yas. <coughs> all right. <coughs> I haven't, that, <coughs> I haven't done that at all. No, I'm not talking about <coughs> you clearing your throat. We can't move on. ABT. Always ABT. Sorry. My goodness. We're almost at the end and you still are forgetting. Jeez. I know. Well, you still have one or two more chances. Okay. Hotel marketing miss number nine. Taking a set it and forget approach to your CPC marketing. Oh, this is a rough one. This is one that we see happen all the time. And like Ron, P only person who says set it and forget it should be Ron Popeil. <laughs> Do you guys know who he is from Ronco? Yes. No, I mean. Infomercial. Yeah. It may, I think it had to have made it over to England. What was the first thing that he made? That, I mean, it was set it and forget it. I think it was. Uh, oh, it's going to drive me Like nuts. a bread maker or a panini maker or some weird thing. Anyway, he's like one of the, the great. Infomercial, yeah. infomercial yeah. from olden days. Yeah. Is that where you get all your marketing expertise from? Well, he, he coined the phrase, set it and forget it. Okay. So, and I'm repurposing it for your campaigns. But we see this happen all the time where people go in, set up a basic, let's say it's a AdWords campaign, and they set it up for what they think will work great, and then they don't look at it again. And then all of a sudden they find out where – the campaign's not optimized. They're bidding on a ton of terms that, you know, are not relevant, should probably be negative keyworded, may not be the proper geographic targets, or they may be just way overpaying on a cost per click base. This is one of those items, you know, like the tax issue with the emails, it costs real money because every dime you spend on a cost per click program, be it Google GHA, TripAdvisor, whatever it is, that you spend is a that's not effective is a dollar that you can't spend toward an effective campaign. So it's very important that you know the solution for this is if you can't manage your campaign, to hire someone who can manage it and check it and check it often. Yeah, I mean things change, right? When from when you set it up, the tools change, the the auction is changing mm -hmm. because your competitors are changing their keywords, so the quality score is changing. They're changing their ad copy. They're changing their bids. Uh, consumer demand is changing, seasonality is happening. Mm -hmm. There's so much evolving. So for you to just set up a campaign and assume it's going to continue to perform is crazy because yeah. everyone else is trying to test and optimize and Well, think about a, a PPC campaign from a couple of years ago in Google. You had headline, you had two lines of copy and a link. Now you have more copy to work with. You have extensions, you have call-outs, you have all these new tools. Mm -hmm. And if you're not using them, your competitors are, and your campaign is woefully de-optimized, unoptimized. Yeah, that Less that, than optimal. Less than optimal. I like that better. Yeah, I think that's probably a better way to say it. But yeah, I, I agree 100%. You should always be looking and adjusting based on ROI. One of the ones you touched on, which is the, the most simple one and an easy way to save money, is the negative keywords, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just spend the time to look through your keyword report and see every single keyword that resulted in a click. And if there's stuff in there just by looking at it, because you're probably doing some broad match or some kind of you know expanded reach. So when you look at the keywords, there's stuff in there that either has a different city to you or just is not relevant to you. Just omit it. Put in a negative keyword. Yep. Because it's a one-click thing. Money. You see a yeah. weird keyword, you just hit... Yeah. Add to negative. But guess what? That's not something you can just do once a week after the campaign starts and then never think about it again. That's something you should be looking at constantly to make sure that new keywords haven't cropped up that you need to get rid of. Because if one person clicked it, there's a good chance the next person's going to click yep. it as well. And then things like ad copy, you know, you should always, always be, be testing, testing ad copy. The ad copy because headlines things things change you know your offering might change the seasonality why people are traveling might change now versus in the winter so 
always be. Ta- I would say, you know, if you take nothing this else, this is an ABT this, and an ABC. Always be checking and slash testing. testing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And it's the Ronco Showtime Rotisserie and Barbecue. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. How did I forget? No, that was before my time. I'm, it was must have been pre two thousand one, I guess. Oh, this is late eighties. Yeah, I'd go late eighties. Yeah. See, I, I've I've been setting my rotisserie and not forgetting it. Oh, oh see, all that's the time. worst thing to do. I know. You need to set I've, it and forget. I've been setting it and remembering it this whole time. It's it's. I mean, <laughs> it's been a challenge. So was that number nine or ten? That was number nine. Yeah. Okay. We've got one more to go. Well. Yeah. So. Well. We already, I already said it. I said it. You've got to say it. It's like the punctuation at the end. ABC, ABT. All right. There we go. All right. Thanks. Marketing miss number 10 is site slowdown. And this is something that can really creep up on you pretty quickly if you're not paying attention. It's like Ferris Bueller. Like life can go by pretty quickly if you're not paying attention. So can site performance. Uh, and we know that the search engines are really looking at site speed in terms of ranking issues and conversion rate depends on having a fast site. And you just never know what that one little thing that you added, it was an image, it was a video, something you just added to the website and all of a sudden your site speed just tanked. So it's something that's always gotta be monitored. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to do too. There's there's free services. Pingdom's a great one. If you go to tools.pingdom.com, it's a, a free service that will let you do kind of a snapshot of your performance. They have a fantastic paid solution that we use here at Fuel, among other tools, that gives you kind of a real-time view of your performance and it'll send alerts anytime your performance drops below a certain threshold. Yeah, and wh- why this is important is, is you're not the only one that affects your website speed, right? Because yes, you're adding content, a lot of times you're going to add, you know, because you might, you launch the website, it's probably blazing fast, you check this, great. But it, it changes over time, it evolves, it's always changing. So you might add an image that's not optimized. It's really big, it's a large file size, takes a long time to download, that's going to speed it up. So there's things you control that you should know better, but you should be checking either way. But more importantly, you probably have a ton of third-party JavaScript widgets on there, right? Just different tools that you've added, pixel tracking pixels. Yeah. Facebook uh, was the worst for this. Right. Oh, Google. Yes. So, so Google's bad too, right? Yeah. So if you're using like Google, some kind of remarketing thing, or you're using Google Analytics, we we've seen sites where you run a speed test, and the criticism that comes out, the recommendations that comes back from Google is to remove the Google code because it's the slowest thing on yeah. the site, right? So that's super frustrating. I know um, they don't always do what they say we should be doing, but in general, your website is is evolving. It's changing. You always need to be monitoring that through the the tools you you talked about, but also being discerning when deciding what things to add to your website and knowing that everything you add to the site, no matter how small it seems, might just be a tracking pixel. There's a trade off in that. It's going to add some load mm-hmm. to the site that could cause analytics tracking problems, that could cause slowdown. So you always be mindful and think before you just slap on that latest plugin or latest widget or latest JavaScript code, whatever it is. It's it's you know, it's interesting how the internet's evolved. When when websites started, everyone got kind of into the habit of just slapping on like dancing Jesus and all these gifts, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Those animated widgets and blinking text that was kind of the fad and i th- feel like we've gone away from that because it, it became distasteful right people would look at that and say that's just a tacky website but now i think the same thing happens but with tools behind the scene oh let me add this little widget because it does this little cool thing no one can see it so there's no judgment going on but it has an impact it has a negative impact and the slower your site the worse it's going to rank in search engines and the 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 lower your conversion rate is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it costs you money. Every time you add a tracking pixel to your website, it, it physically costs you money. So they should take the hit counter off the bottom of the website? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably the oh. hit, hit counter in the guest book. Uh, all right. Yeah. I don't know. That seems risky to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. How would you know how many people visited without a hit counter? <laughs> this is true. That you defaulted to a million. Oh, you have like to start you started high out because, at a million, yeah. right? That's fine. So. Uh, I miss hit counters. Yeah. Aww. So. Anyway, that was the 10 items. But Wait, ABT? Oh, 
Maybe two. Now it's the ten items. Okay. But I'm a giver. And I wanted to throw one more out there. So here's the bonus one. At what? no additional cost yes. to any of our listeners. Yes. Unscripted. Hotel marketing yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. bonus. We could, whoa, this, we could do a, a premium version. of. We could start selling oh, the content, true. right? Yeah. So Put you get a the dollar. 10 for free. Give us a dollar. And if then you're driving, shove a dollar into your CD player of your car, <laughs> and then we'll finish. I may be the only person still left on the planet that has a CD player. We have one in our car. Do you really? Yeah. How old are you? And by CD player, Melissa meant tape deck. Yeah. I wish I had a tape deck. Well, it's deck. actually, a, a, I guess, a DVD player yeah. with a little thing in the back. Oh, they call see, children. no, yeah. I have, a, I have a CD player. <laughs> the little thing in the back. Oh, my. A couple years ago, our kid filled it with change. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they were in our car, and they just started putting coins in there. At what so, point did you realize? When After they put in, like, Seven dollars. Well, no, they put in. They, I think it was like two dollars and something cents. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we realized that. Did when, you get it out? Yeah, we got it out, and I had to go get an entirely new CD player thing for the car. <laughs> it, was, it was a Bose Center thing. Oh and It was like wow. four hundred dollars to fix it. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh man, you, oh. Sh- you should parent your children better. Well, yeah, we didn't know that was even a thing. So anyway, that was not the bonus. The bonus is. <laughs> Here's what you're missing. The bonus is cover up your CD player so kids can't put money in. And don't put the dollar in, like I said. You forgot to do something new. I think this is one of those misses that happens so often. And honestly, it's why a lot of clients call us for help is because you're so busy being a hotelier, you forgot to try and do something new in your marketing. Pete, this is why you're top 30 worldwide on Twitter for the hospitality influencers. Because you just flip the squi- switch, the flip the script completely. Like you're, you're talking about the things that were broken, and now you're like, you're broken in yeah. your face. <laughs> you were broken Hot the whole takes. time. Hot <laughs> takes, man. I love it. Anyway, to me, this is one of those ones. It's it's important, obviously, to fix what you have, but it's also more important, Stuart, to use your favorite word, to find the new things and take advantage of arbitrage. You know, if there's something new that's, that's out there, that's not my favorite word. Plinth is my favorite. Plinth, Plinth. I think Nuzeru should be your favorite word. Yeah, Nuzeru's up there. It's it's climbing the ranks fast. So anyway, do something new. That is the way to fix the problem of having a stale marketing campaign. Yeah, get away from lethargy and go find some. Yep. Yeah, something new. And when you think about it, things like Google Hotel ads were one of those new things that a couple years ago, if you started doing it then, you'd be farther down the road. Same thing with social campaigns, all those things that now we think of as commonplace. At some point, you had to be an early adopter and start testing it and take advantage of what would have been a phenomenal rate of return. Yeah. And, yet, you know, you, you have to do this with through the perspective of common sense. Right? You can't jump on every single bandwagon. But when something reaches a certain critical point, you know, I'm not saying everyone should dump a ton of money into every new thing that comes along but it's worth having a little contingency budget mm-hmm. just to experiment so you understand each new thing enough to make a decision about whether or not it's something you yeah. want to con- continue so and, and typically they're pretty easy to find the ones that are a waste of time i mean if, if i remember even back when foursquare was a a thing it was like, oh we got to make sure we're doing everything we can with foursquare and when you think about it, it's like why is that really that important same thing when hotels want to go all in on Pinterest. You're like, that's not really, yeah. But something some people you need to dive into. Yeah, but some people, it is effective, right? <laughs> you, it, it's unique to you. So just because yeah. some doesn't work, some it might. I mean, it depends on who your audience is, what what's where they they are on the internet, where they're spending mm-hmm. their time, what influences them. You know, I think if you'd asked me two years ago whether Instagram was worth significant budget, I'd probably say don't even yep. waste your time for a lot of our clients. You know, it's for some still, you know, depending on the type, but it's become such an important part of the, the ecosystem of influence that, that I think it's something everyone should be at least mm-hmm. considering now. So things change. The only constant is change. There you go. I thought you were going to say always be testing. Yeah. The only constant is always be testing. Yep. You, I mean, it, this is another always be <coughs> testing for sure. Yep. Test new things. So that's 11. That is 11. We turned up to 10 11. Plus we one. went to 11. We did. So. It was one louder than you thought it was yeah. going to be. And, and those are in no particular order. So test well, they them They were. All. They were in one through 11. Well, they, they, I put them in eight order. 
but yeah. I did not put them in order of importance. Okay, gotcha. All right, so so I've been dying to know Pete. Pete bees. All right. So we need someone to do the... It's the buzz <laughs> from the top 30 influencer, Pete DeMeo. <laughs> from the DeMeo apiaries. So I have bees. That's the big update. <laughs> okay. So kind of go back. January got really warm here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The bees came out and they were happy. And then February came and it got down to like 18 degrees you know, every night for several nights. And I thought I lost both of my beehives. Hive and A it was very sad. It was sad. It so was. we even got comments you know, from listeners that they're sad that yeah. I murdered 20 plus thousand animals. <laughs> Anyway. Again, with Peter not listening to us again. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why they stopped listening mm-hmm. to us. Anyway, so, so it wasn't the horses. Be- you know, I've had horses. One or, there were a few bees left in my first hive. Yeah. I caught Hive Alpha. <laughs> hive Bravo is gone. I don't think there's anything left in there. But, you know, I've been just trying to kind of cultivate it along and, and whatnot. And over the last week, we've seen more and more activity. And there's a lot of bees in there now. Wow. So, so you didn't go get new bees? That they, I did not go get new bees. There was just enough in there to Yeah, start I was kind of hoping. I thought I was going to lose them all. Yeah. And I was lazy and didn't find a way to you know, get more bees. Yeah. But luckily, I don't well, think I have to. you didn't need to. I know. I think I'm okay now. Okay. So, so do you feel like, um, the important question, do you feel like you're going to have enough honey this year to give to all the people that are going to write in and say that they weren't, nothing was broken? I think I will. Yeah. I think I will. Because I don't think there's going to be many people who can say that <laughs> they have ever, all these things. Are well, you know, you got to get out jail-free card now because you added number 11. Oh. So you can just throw out, well, did you test this, this? new thing? Yeah. You know? what, what about you know, International Space Station advertising? Oh, <laughs> no honey for you, <laughs> young man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm glad you got bees. So when can we expect honey in the office? Probably midsummer. Let's yeah. say. I think I got to give them a little bit of time. I so may will not even you get enough any. bees to start the other hive? Like, will they move into the other hive? They won't move in on their own. But what I can do is what they call hive split, mm-hmm. is where you take some of the frames out and move them over. And what those bees will do, assuming you get you know a good split, they will create new queen cells mm-hmm. and basically cultivate a new queen to manage that hive. They won't be just fly back to the other hive that's 10 feet away you would think they would and what i may have to do in that case is maybe move them a little farther away but that's hive splits are pretty common yeah in the i guess that's how in the beekeeping scene absolutely fascinating it is it's really neat so but i don't want to take too much honey because i want to make sure that they have plenty to get through next winter because now you've learned yes because now i've learned that i was probably too greedy I was a bad Winnie the so Pooh. So it was your took fault. You took too much honey. I don't. I don't think I took too much. I think it was the fact that we had the got it really was the warm, cold, yeah. and we already had you know trees beginning to bud and flowers come out. And I think that spurred the bees to kind of ramp up, you know, production. But then it got cold and they killed all the the larvae and all the good things. Man, so do all the dead bees like fall out of the bottom of the hive or what? There was a lot down at the bottom this time. Yeah. Which usually when a bee dies, it flies away to die. Really? But in this case, it was just so cold, I think. You think they just froze to death? I think it was. Wow. That's really sad. A bee wants to have its hive, you know, 100-ish degrees. It it should be very warm in there. Hmm. You get all those little bodies in there. They're warm. They're busy bodies. I have learned something new yet again today. Mm. Yeah. Nothing about hotel marketing. You should have learned about how to fix hotel marketing. That would apply to all marketing, really. Yeah, so. yeah, Melissa. To be fair, you learned to always be testing. You didn't know I, that before. I, that's true. Gotcha. Valid. All right. Well, that was a good episode, Pete. Thank you for putting that together. You're welcome. Yeah, go uh, if you want to check out the full blog post. You can go to fueltravel.com/blog. There's also a link to it from the show notes for today, which are pretty lacking because they're basically just links to the newsies and the the blog, but. That's at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click click on the episode 89. Next week's going to be 90, guys. That means we're only 10 away from the, the 100. episode 100. We've got to do something special. Probably do a live something. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Pete, yeah. if, the, if someone wants to follow a top 30 influencer <laughs> in the hotel industry, 
worldwide influencer on Twitter, where where would one go? They would go to Twitter and they'd go to at P Demayo, P D I M A I O, and then they click the little follow link. Ooh, we've never said that before. Maybe no, that's we, why we no haven't one follows walked them. people through the process. Yeah, we should spoon feed them for sure. Yep, with some honey. Ooh, nice. I forgot one thing to mention about Twitter. What's it? People need to follow the Sun Vanished. Oh, that is an amazing profile to follow. It's such an amazing concept. So it's just one person's kind of documentation of n- the sun has vanished, and they just posted an update that the water from their house is also getting dark. They don't know why. The water from their house is getting dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I filled up my bottles with clean water. Nice. So, Melissa, if they want to get some honey from you on Twitter, where do they go? Um, I do not provide honey. <laughs> On Twitter, <laughs> like not not literal honey, like metaphorical. Okay, you would you're, find you're sweet to people on Twitter most of the time. Yeah, unless it's some unless of you're ours. ranty about something. Yes, or unless it's about some of our vengers. But anyway, uh, you can find me at M A Cavanaugh M A K A V A N A G H. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I went to the zoo the other day and saw a baguette in a cage. A what? A baguette. What's a baguette? It's like French loaf. So the zookeeper said it was bred in captivity. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I love that joke.